joy and peace are things we are all searching for. We end up looking for these in the wrong places. A journey to our inner self is futile because sin is at the very core of our being. Jesus came to deal with the sin that ruins us. Jesus, the fountain of unending joy, the source of perfect peace. All right, let's pray and then we'll spend some time in, 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 in God's word together uh, this morning. Father, we just pray that even as we listen to your word, that our hearts will be opened, that lives will be touched, that the Holy Spirit will do a great work in our midst. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you brought your Bible, I want to read one of the passages that tell us about the birth of Jesus. This is in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 1 through 14. So if you brought your Bible, you're most welcome to follow along with me this morning. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. Luke chapter 2. Verses 1 to 14. Here's what the Bible says about the birth of Jesus and what happened. Verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all, that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Maybe like get their other card or something like that. You know. So Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring ye good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I'm bringing you good news of great joy. And it's for everyone. It's not just for you shepherds. It's not just for the people in Israel. It's for all people. Tell your neighbor, it's for you too. It's the good news of great joy for all people. Verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. The birth of Jesus announced the arrival of great joy and peace. And this morning, I want to focus in on these two themes. Unending joy, perfect peace. Unending joy, perfect peace. Peace. You know, these are two great commodity 
commodities, if you will, or possessions, or things we like to have. Joy and peace. Everyone wants to have this. Joy and peace. Everybody wants to have that. Regardless of which part of the world you might live in, regardless of what your social standing might be, regardless of time and age, every person, every human person is seeking, is desiring for joy and peace. Joy, that sense of fulfillment, that sense of happiness, contentment, inner pleasure. Peace, the sense of tranquility, the inner calm, the quiet, the rest that would pervade the inner person regardless of what's happening around. We're all seeking for that. We all want to have that. Now from the corporate CEO to the farmer in a little village, everyone longs for joy and peace. Think about it. At the end of the day, now you might be a busy person, you might be running a business, you might be heading a corporation, you might be teaching in a school. Whatever you do, at the end of the day, you long to have joy. You long to have peace. You might be the richest person in Bangalore City. You might have huge lands and buildings and all these things in your name. But at the end of the day, when you lay your head down on your pillow, there are two things you want. Joy. That sense of inner happiness. I want to be happy on the inside. And peace. I want to know that inside me, there's a state of calm. Quiet, rest. Not the inner turmoil and confusion that keeps you awake at night and anxiety and worry. And you don't want all that. Every person is looking for joy and peace. But I think all of us come to realize. Then no matter what position we may have in our corporate life, no matter how successful we may have been in life this far, no matter how, mon how much money we've earned, what possessions we've accumulated, I think all of us have realized that joy and peace cannot be bought. That none of the things around us will guarantee that you're going to sleep well at night. That there's going to be joy inside you and peace in your inner person. None of these things can guarantee. So money, fame, success, marriage, possessions... None of these things can guarantee peace and joy. And unfortunately, some of us end up looking for joy and peace in the wrong places. We go looking for it. And we look for it in the wrong places. We think drugs, sex, all kinds of relationships can bring us this joy or this peace that we long for on the inside. 
We are on an endless journey pursuing joy and peace. The pursuit of happiness is a journey we are all making. Whether consciously or unconsciously. Because you're looking for something more than money, really. It's not just about the success and the achievements because you know at the end of the day what you really are longing for is joy and peace. And I'm sure if you sat down and put it all together, all of us would say, I'm willing to trade everything I have if somebody can guarantee me joy and peace. I'm willing to trade it. If you can guarantee me joy and peace. We end up sometimes even in our pursuit of happiness, in our pursuit of joy and peace. Sometimes we even resort to wicked and deceitful ways, thinking that we, can pos- we must possess this at all costs. If I make more money, if I become more successful, if I get the admiration and the appreciation of more people, maybe I'll come to this place where I really have joy and peace. And so I'm going to pursue it no matter what it costs, no matter what it does to my fellow human beings. One of Job's friends, as he was trying to analyze and understand the meaning of all that was happening to Job, He made this statement in Job, the 20th chapter, verses 4 and 5. He said, do you not know this of old? Since man was placed on the earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite is but for a moment. The wicked man thinks he's made it, but the triumphing of the wicked is short. And the joy of the hypocrite, the man who pretends and makes his way through pretense, is only for a moment. It's gone. As a nation, we are about to enter into an election year. And many of us are, are, there is just a general sense of discontentment all across the nation. It's pretty obvious. And it's not only with our nation, but across the world. In recent years, we've seen nations in turmoil. When people are dissatisfied. And in the midst of all this, we have world leaders or leaders who rise up and promise peace. Sometimes during campaign time, they're able to convince their people through their great speeches that they can somehow bring this joy and peace into their lives through economic growth and prosperity. You look around the world and you realize you really can't trust anybody. They're like the leaders that Jeremiah writes about. Jeremiah chapter 6 verses 13 and 14. He says, Because from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. They're all looking out for their own money and gain. And from the prophet even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have also healed the hurt of my people slightly or falsely saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. They rise up with false promises saying, I can bring you peace, I can give you joy. But it's only an illusion. They quickly realize. No political leader, no man can bring us joy and peace. They're all the same. 
joy and peace is not even found in making this mysterious inner journey into your inner self. You get this thought that's so prevalent all over this world. Everyone agrees that joy and peace cannot be found outside. And so the obvious answer would be get inside. Search inside you. Discover your inner self. Go on this inner journey. And you will find joy and peace. But what do you find? What do we find when we make this inner journey of self-discovery? This journey into your inner self. I think all of us come back disappointed. Because the Bible clearly says in Jeremiah 17 verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You make this journey into your inner self and what do you find? You find a heart that's desperately wicked. If you'll be true to yourself. How can you find peace and joy inside a heart that is filled with lust and hatred and unforgiveness and anger and jealousy and pride? What a sham. When these so-called God leaders are exposed and all you find behind them is a life of incredible lust and pride and they're teaching others to go discover their inner self. How foolish can you get? How can you find peace and joy inside a heart that has been broken, hurt, wounded, in pain, often filled with disappointment? How can you find peace and joy in such a heart? How can you find peace and joy inside a heart that carries the shame of sin? The guilt that he can't shake off. That haunts you even if you win your court case in the court. You may be able to bribe the judge, but you cannot change your own conscience. You can't bribe your conscience. How can you find peace and joy in a heart that is filled with shame and guilt? So the problem is sin that is at the very core of our being. Sin that is the real cause of inner turmoil, of restlessness, of this lack of joy and peace in all of our lives. Sin. That dominates us. Man without God can never be at peace. Isaiah 48 verse 22 the Bible says. There is no peace says the Lord for the wicked. There is no peace. No self-help book is going to resolve that inner crisis of sin. Sin tears us apart. Sin robs us of all our joy and peace. Sin ruins us. Sin disconnects us from our Creator God, who is the source of true joy and peace. Sin ultimately disposes us to an eternity without God in hell. Sin has serious consequences. 2,000 years ago, the angel announced the birth of Jesus, saying, 
Luke 2 verse 10, the verse we read. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which is to all people. The birth of Jesus is going to be an answer to our search for joy. Verse 14 that we read. Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace. Goodwill toward man. This Jesus who was born 2,000 years ago. Came to answer our cry. Our longing. Our search. Our desperate need. For joy and peace in our lives. He came to answer that cry. The prophet Isaiah speaking several hundred years before the birth of Jesus, foretelling his birth, says in Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Here's the ultimate, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Saying, this child that is born, he is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. So Jesus came to answer our need for joy and peace. He came. He walks the earth, and as you and I know that, his teachings, his life, his ministry, what he did, he healed the people. He broke the powers of darkness. But ultimately and eventually, he went to the cross. Which he said was the main reason why he came. For this purpose, I've come. On the cross. The one who, wasn't, who came to bring us peace. Became the man of sorrows. Isaiah writes about this in Isaiah the 53rd chapter verse 3 and 4. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows. Acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. But why was he a man of sorrows? Why was he so acquainted with grief? The next verse says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The one who came to bring good news, who came to bring joy on the cross, became the man of sorrows. But surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The man, the one who came as the prince of peace. On the cross, took all the pain in order that we could have peace. Isaiah writes about this in Isaiah 53 verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or the punishment, the pain, the anguish, the suffering... The heart 
our peace was on him. The prince of peace. The one who could step into your world and satisfy this inner longing for peace on the cross. Took all the pain that you're suffering right now. He took all the anguish and everything that brings about disturbance and, 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 and hurt and pain and, and robs you of peace. All of that he took on himself on the cross. So that he can release into your life and mine the peace we are longing for. He became the man of sorrows. Everything that brings grief and, and, and anguish and, and robs you of joy. He took on himself in order that he could release joy into your heart and mine. He did it. This morning, on this Christmas day, I want you and I to understand that Jesus is this fountain of unending joy. And He is the source of perfect peace. We've searched everywhere. We've done everything. It's not on the things around us and neither is it deep down inside you. That perfect peace, that unending joy is in the person of Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus touches us at the very root of our being. He changes us from inside. He deals with what we really need. He gives us a new heart. And He deals with the sin, which is the root cause. No philosopher can do that. No religious leader can do that. No God man, no God woman can do that. They are in sin themselves. Just watch their lives. But Jesus Christ can deal with the sin of our hearts. He paid the price for sin so that you and I could be forgiven. The Bible says whoever believes in Him receives forgiveness for their sins. The blood of Jesus cleanses our sin. And then He connects us with our Creator God who then brings joy and peace into our hearts. Jesus is the fountain of unending joy. He's the source of perfect peace. The joy he brings is not man-made. It's not earthly. It's not in some religion. It's not in some church. It's not in some philosophy. It's not in some new idea. It's not in some nebulous concept. It's His joy that He puts into our hearts. He says in John 17, 13, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled, full and overflowing in them. It's not an earthly joy. It's something that springs from heaven. My joy. In them. The joy he brings is a joy that no one can take away from you. Jesus said in John 16 22, Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. He's talking about what he was going to do on the cross, and he says, Post that. I'm going to inundate you with joy which no one can take from you. The joy he brings is a joy that will cause you to be joyful regardless of your situation. 
Habakkuk put it like this. He said in Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18, Though the fig tree may not blossom, not fruit be on the vines, or the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. You can read it like this. Though my bank account goes dry, and my promotion is withheld from me, my business may go bankrupt and the store in the kitchen is empty. Though my friends maybe may disappear from my scene and there's nothing that I can do in the malls. Verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. That's a joy you don't get here on earth. The ability to have this inner sense of happiness even when everything around you is in ashes. It's a joy. You don't get here on earth. The joy he gives is a joy that will energize you. Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You wake up in the morning. Doesn't matter how high a mountain you got to climb. Doesn't matter how deep, how dark a valley you have to walk through. The joy of the Lord energizes you. It makes you equal and more than equal to any task in front of you. It's the joy. It comes from the Lord. It's a joy that is inexpressible, uncontainable. Even when you're going, when your faith is being tested in the fire. Peter writes to the believers who are scattered. He says, and they were going through intense persecution. He writes to them, he says in 1 Peter 1, 7 and 8, he says, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see Him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. He's saying, guys, you're going through the fire and you believe in someone whom you've never seen. You love someone you've never touched and handled. And yet, your heart, even though in the midst of this fire, your heart is filled with this inexpressible joy. A joy that keeps you singing even when your faith is under fire. The peace that he brings is a peace that the world cannot give. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Do I give to you? I'm giving you peace. I'm giving you this capacity to have an inner calm. I'm giving you this capacity to have an inner quietness no matter what's happening around you. It's a peace that the world cannot give. It's not like the peace that the world promises. It's a peace that is peace regardless of external disturbances. Jesus said, I'm speaking these things to you in John 16, 33. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Yes, there will be all kinds of things happening in this world. But in me you will have peace. Have peace. It's a peace that is not disturbed by opposition or persecution. Jesus made this startling statement in Luke 12, 51. He said, do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you not at all, but rather division. And he went on to explain that. He said, you know, because of me, a home may be divided. People will be against you. So I'm not giving you some external political peace. 
That's not what I'm talking about is what Jesus is saying. I'm giving you something deep down inside you. That's more powerful than any government can give you. That's more powerful than any leader can promise you. A peace that, which God gives which is beyond all description. Paul writes in Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your heart and mind. It's a peace you can't explain. But you know you have it. You know it's inside you. The Bible makes it so plain that this joy and peace that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ, it comes through believing in Him. Romans the 15th chapter, the 13th verse. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. As you believe in the person of Jesus Christ, the one who is the fountain of joy, who is the source of this perfect peace. It comes. It comes when you become part of His kingdom. It's brought into your life by God's Spirit. Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings this righteousness, peace, and joy into your heart when you become part of the kingdom of God. Ultimately, there's coming a time when everything this world knows will pass away. It's all going to be gone. Our grandest corporations, our tallest buildings, our longest bridges, our biggest monuments. All of this will pass away. Forgotten. Permanently erased. The Bible says there will be new heavens and a new earth. Revelation 21, verse 1 and 2. John writes, and behold, there were new heavens and a new earth. And all the old things were gone. All of this will be gone one day. Everything, all of it. And ultimately, you and I will either be in a place of eternal joy and peace, or we will be outside that. The question I want to place before you, even as we talk about this unending joy and perfect peace, is where will you be? Will you be in this new heaven, the new earth, where the Bible says, God will wipe away every tear. He will wipe away every sorrow. Will you be in that place? Or will you be out of it? Being out of it is quite dangerous. The Bible describes it in no uncertain terms. In Revelation 21, 7 and 8, it says, He overcomes will inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Eternally, and all this is gone. When all that we're living for is one day permanently erased. You and I are either going to be in that new heaven and new earth. Or we're going to be out of it. There's only one way. Jesus said. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This Christmas morning, I realize all of us are in search for that unending joy, that perfect peace. And Jesus is the source. He is that fountain, that spring of unending joy. He is the source of perfect peace. But what He brings to your life and mine will last not only in this life, but it's going to stand you good for eternity. For eternity. Could we all bow our heads and close our eyes? There is a search in every heart. There is a longing in every person for the sense of joy and peace. We understand we can't find it anywhere else. We understand that sin dismantles everything in our lives. But the Bible points us to Jesus Christ. That's why He came. That's why He was born. That's why He lived and that's why He died. To deal with the root cause, in our, root cause of sin in our lives. Unending joy and perfect peace, the kind that Jesus promises can be yours and mine if we will believe in Him and let Him come into our lives. I want to pray for a few things this morning before we partake of the Lord's table. The first is this. If there's anyone here this morning and you have never made a choice to stop searching here and there, to stop looking in the, long in the wrong places, if you've never made a choice or a decision in your life where you came to the end of the road, so to speak, and say, you know, enough is enough. I've been on this journey in the pursuit of happiness, joy, and peace long enough. But today, I'm going to simply believe like a little child what I heard. That this Jesus the Bible is talking about is for real. He will not disappear from the scene just because I pretend He's not there. This morning, my search ends here. I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to make a decision to believe in this Jesus that I heard about this morning. I'm going to ask Him to come in and become my fountain of joy and my source of peace. I'm going to learn how to receive the joy He promised he said, my joy will be fully in you. I'm going to learn how to embrace the peace that He brings, the kind of peace which the world cannot give. My search ends here. And I'm willing this morning to accept what I've heard and to welcome Jesus into my life for Him to be my fountain of unending joy. And my source of perfect peace. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If there be even one person in this auditorium this morning. Who says, I want to do that. I'm making a choice this morning. I want to do this. Enough is enough. My search is over. I'm accepting what I heard. 
I want Jesus to be my fountain of unending joy and my source of perfect peace. If there's anyone here who would like to do that, or make that decision, I want you to indicate that just by raising up your right hand right where you are. You're not doing it to impress me. You're not doing it to impress your neighbor. You're doing it because you mean it. You just raise your right hand right where you are. Let me know. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. I see one hand there. Anybody else? Two. Anyone else? Just put your hand up high so that I can see that. Three, four, five. Anyone else? Six. Anyone else? This morning? Seven. Eight. Anyone else? God bless you. Nine. Anyone else? You could put your hands down if you put your hand down. Right where you are, I want you to in the quietness of your own heart to pray a simple prayer and say, Jesus, you promised me joy. You promised me your peace. Today, I come and embrace you, Jesus. I want your joy. I want your peace. There may be many others here this morning. You may have been to church several times. But somehow along the way, you've let the cares of this world come in and rob you of the joy and the peace that is actually yours as part of the kingdom. It's there for you, but you're not walking in it. It's there for you. But you've not let it fill your heart and minds. This Christmas morning, even though you may have been a believer for many years, you may have lost your joy. You may have let the things of this world rob you of your peace. You've been just trudging along day after day. Just barely making it. But listen. Jesus came to give us life in abundance. He came to fill our hearts with His joy. He said, I want my joy to be fully in you, fulfilled in you. He said He came to give us peace which the world cannot give. Believer, would you pray this morning and say, God, no matter what's around me, I want to walk in that joy and in that peace. That sense of inner happiness, that sense of contentment no matter what's going on around me. That sense of inner calm and quiet and rest on the inside. Though a storm rages on the outside, it's not going to disquiet me on the inside because I have His peace. Would you pray, believer? Child of God, would you pray? This morning and say, Lord, I really want that joy. I really want the peace you spoke about. So Lord, we pray right now for the release of your enabling. A divine empowering of your Holy Spirit. That our hearts will be filled with this joy and peace. That is rightfully ours in Christ.
That is the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you. Release the grace upon each one. That we will walk in this joy that Jesus spoke about. That we will walk in this peace that He spoke about. Come Holy Spirit. Take out all that we've let enter into our hearts which rob us of this joy and peace. Take it out. Let your fire burn up all these things. Let there be unending joy and perfect peace in our hearts. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make His face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. Lift up His countenance on you. Surround you with His divine favor. And fill your heart with His unending joy and His perfect peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go walk in that joy and peace that comes from above. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.